welcome to Building a Better Body episode number eight, isn't it? I'm gonna lose track soon. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? It's a pretty brill day out here in Northern Ireland, windy and rainy and kind of cold, but nobody wants to hear about the weather. That's kind of a boring conversation, so let's get stuck in. Um, okay, so what's new with me? I'm supposed to be starting actually a new fitness plan, which will take six weeks. Um, from a strength and conditioning coach but he hasn't sent it to me yet uh, so I'm waiting to get started on that so what I'm basically going to be a bit of a, a guinea pig as he trials a new program so based on specific algorithms um, a plan is generated to suit you um, which I absolutely love because you know the more refined and tailored a workout is the better results you're gonna see in the long run so that's exciting to try so i'm keen to get started on it um i had to do the obligatory before pictures which i hate because <laughs> i'm so not in the gym selfies if you look at my instagram page or anything like that there's probably about two of me flexing my muscles and even then i felt a bit stupid um i guess it has to be done though to see progress um i want i want to see more muscle mass you know i've been working far too long for maybe not seeing the results i would expect so everybody needs a coach i guess at the end of the day to, to push them on and, and try new things i've kind of sort of plateaued a bit workout wise so i'm ready to shake things up and see what happens and actually looking at the pics that i took i do see a lack of muscle um and it's important to me because i want to protect my bones um and I, and I really don't want to leave it too late because it's going to be harder as you get older to, to build that muscle mass. Um, so um, as I get into my late 30s, uh, did I just say that? Late 30s. Um, I need to sort of get on it and refine everything down a little bit. It's weird because when I when I flex, my muscles, they're, they're definitely there. You know, my arms do look pretty decent. But then whenever I relax, I kind of look a bit scrawny. So it's, it's funny the way my composition is at the minute. Um, so anyway, what's this space? Um, the fun should hopefully begin soon. Or torture, whatever uh, my algorithms tell me. Um, I just, uh, I never wanted my health and fitness journey to be solely about looks. I, you know, I mainly wanted to feel great and have bags and bags of energy. However, there's, there's obviously an element of wanting to look half decent it's just isn't my goal and maybe it maybe it is your goal and that's there's nothing wrong with that um but my goal is just to feel full of energy because you do take health for granted you know if you do feel okay you're like yeah just take each day as it comes but it's all of a sudden if you have a health concern your whole day changes uh your plan has to change you have to deal with life differently so and i want to maintain a strong level of health and fitness until humanly possible uh, with a few hacks perhaps along the way Alrighty then moving along so today i do have a what's in the science section a topic of the week section and what else have i got and then a news section so full full bill today uh, i'm looking forward to getting started first up we have in the news so there was an article written by dr michelle Gofro Cook, these names, ah, Gofro Cook. I will put a link to the show notes and you can try and pronounce her name yourself. <laughs> um, but she wrote an article called The Mushroom That May Help to Prevent and Treat Stroke. So let me just read some extracts from that. The mushroom cordyceps has been widely used in traditional Chinese medicine to combat the effects of aging. 
And now research is proving the effectiveness of this natural supplement for conditions like stroke uh, that are often linked to aging and cardiovascular systems. Research shows that this unique mushroom contains an active ingredient identified as cordycepin, which has been shown to improve learning and memory. According to a study published in the European Journal of Pharmacology, researchers found that cordycepin helps improve cognition in animals and may be beneficial in the treatment of stroke. Based on research in the Journal of Medicine Food, cordyceps acts as a potent antioxidant and even has the ability to improve memory impairment. The antioxidant and healing effects of cordyceps were significantly, significantly beneficial in both the prevention and treatment of stroke. According to research published in the medical journal Metabolic Brain Disease, cordyceps works to prevent and treat stroke primarily by reducing brain damaging free radicals. One of the ways the mushrooms is able to do this is by boosting your body's own production of a natural compound called superoxide dismutase or SOD for short. This uh, specialized protein known as an enzyme is also one of the most potent antioxidants in your body and helps to protect against brain disease. In addition to boosting SOD production, the same research in the European Journal of Pharmacology found that cordycepin lowered the inflammatory uh, compound known as MMP3, or otherwise known as matrix metalloproteinase 3, <laughs> which uh, tends to be elevated after the occurrence of a stroke. The same study also found that cordyceps demonstrates anti-cancer activity and may be helpful in the prevention of treatment of brain cancer. Further research will help determine the effectiveness of cordyceps against brain cancer. In addition to assisting with stroke and brain disease, cordyceps has been shown to have general memory enhancing effects, according to a study published in the journal Archives of uh, Pharmacal Research. Cordyceps is also an immune boosting and energy medicinal uh, mushroom that has many other therapeutic effects including including helping to prevent cancer and reducing the damaging effects of stress on the body. Many herbalists use cordyceps on a regular basis uh, to give the immune system a boost when people are under significant stress or dealing with cancer. So whew, quite a lot of information to uh, take in there. But I actually wrote an article on supplementing with medicinal uh, mushrooms back in April last year. So I'll put a, a link to the show notes to that in the show notes and you can read all about it um there's an absolute ton of research out there on um medicinal mushrooms now these, these are mushrooms that you know you don't just throw in a, a frying pan and put them in your stir fry they're, they're basically supplements and powdered forms and things like that um but uh you know the as i say the research is wide there's lots of scientific stuff it's not kind of random anecdotal stories there there's lots of pubmed articles on how effective these little guys are um it can be it can be an expensive business though the some of the um supplements are quite uh pricey uh, so i wouldn't be taking them all the time but i think maybe uh, they're good to have in the cupboard uh when you're feeling a bit of a an immune attack in the winter or perhaps if you've been doing a lot of traveling or working hard and feel just a little bit exhausted uh, it will help boost your immunity so yeah all about cordyceps uh, i would love to hear if you've, you've sort of heard anything about medicinal mushrooms 
in your life. Uh, I think it's a it's a fun topic. So there's you know there's kind of three different types of mushrooms. Ones that you put in your stir fry, uh, ones that are kind of trippy and <laughs> send you a bit crazy, and then these medicinal guys. So yeah, worth looking into. Okay, dokie, moving on to what's in the science. Now I find this one really interesting. I came across it in a Science Daily article. Drug treatment could combat hearing loss. So researchers have discovered a drug combination that generates hair cells. Now here you sort of say, what's that got to do with my ears? Well, within your inner ear, there are thousands of uh, hair cells that detect sound waves and then translate them into nerve signals that allow us to hear speech, music and other sounds like that. So damage to these cells is one of the leading causes of hearing loss. Uh, now we're born with around 15,000 hair cells per ear and once they're damaged they cannot regrow. Um, so, however, researchers in Massachusetts have discovered a combination of drugs that allow uh, the supporting cells to become hair cells. So my, my dad has quite bad hearing problems due to working in noisy environments in the past. But also what happens is the use of antibiotics and chemotherapy can lead to the cell death in your ears as well. Now apparently in some animals the cells can regenerate but unfortunately not in humans. So, quote from the, the research, during the study, the team became aware that cells that provide structural support to the cochlea express some of the same surface proteins as intestinal stem cells. When they exposed cells from a mouse cochlea grown in a lab dish um, to molecules that stimulate the WNT pathway, which makes the cells multiply rapidly. And once they had a large pool of immature uh, cells, the researchers add another set of molecules that provoke the cells to differentiate into mature hair cells. All quite complicated stuff. <laughs> um, this procedure generates about 60 times more mature hair, hair cells than uh, other techniques that, that, that they had previously tried. Um, and they quote, we only need to promote the proliferation of these supporting cells and then the natural signaling cascade that exists within the body will drive a portion of those cells to become hair cells. And um, some of the researchers have started a company called Frequency Therapeutics, which has licensed the technology and plans to begin testing in human patients within 18 months. So that's quite exciting. Uh, people who are deaf or hard of hearing you know, miss out on an awful lot of things. And if we can generate hair cells, that, that's some serious science in the working. So that is my science article. Now let's move on to the topic of the week, which is seaweed. Lovely. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you a couple different types of seaweed and the benefits of them. And then you can sort of think about including them in your diet, perhaps. Okay, number one is kelp. K-E-L-P and it belongs to the brown algae family and grows in sort of underwater forests. You also may see it named as kombu and wakami uh, in sort of Asian cultures and things like that. Um, I think it's great used as a, a seasoning. I have actually bought quite recently a little uh, metal container of dried kelp which is grown locally and it adds a lot of um, sort of depth and flavour to a dish uh, and you can add it to soups and anything at all. Um, but what nutritionally what you'll get is calcium, iron, iodine, potassium and magnesium in pretty reasonable quantities. And it also has antioxidants, phytonutrients 
and some omega fatty acids and fiber in there so it's pretty amazing little superfood if you like to use the word superfood um regarding iodine um kelp kelp is an amazing source of it uh, and that's a key compo- component in your uh, thyroid function which helps to control energy production in pretty much every cell in the body now we don't want too much iodine in our diet as it can lead to thyroid problems amongst other things um so we only need small amounts um but at the same time if there's none you do run into problems but this it's kind of why i would be wary of certain isolated supplements iodine being one um you know eating a little bit of uh, kelp every now and again will give you a nice dose of iodine but you don't want to overdo it um you know whenever it's iodine's found in a natural whole complete food in nature you're going to get it in decent quantities uh, other sources of iodine include seafood or basically anything that lives in the sea pastured egg yolks as long as the chickens have been well reared and also cranberries so it's not a broad spectrum and you can see how deficiency can can occur especially if you aren't a seafood fan so perhaps it's about time you start hiding it in your dishes <laughs> a little bit of kelp here and there you can get uh, kelp salt as well uh, from amazon i believe so just you can do a bit of hunting around and see what you can find next uh, seaweed is nori so you'll be familiar with this one if you're a sushi fan it's that green wrapper around your sushi roll um i made some sushi quite recently and found it lovely you know when you put a bit of sushi rice on the crispy nori it softens up and becomes uh quite easy to eat if you're a team white rice fan get stuck into some of that um it has sort of gentle flavors and it's a great vehicle for your food so you can put all sorts of nice filling in there uh mackerel and uh peppers and onions and all sorts of different textures and stuff um it's a bit lower in minerals and nutrients than the other seaweeds but that just means you can eat a bit more of it <laughs> um it does have a good dose of vitamin a and c and a touch of b6 so it's by no means nutritionally void so please do enjoy that one now moving on to the third seaweed which is dulse and if you live in northern ireland you'll see that all over the place super popular here uh and it's readily available but i don't think everyone loves it you know um myself included it's, perhaps it's the way it's provided here it just tastes a little bit too much of the sea to me you know really salty i, I tried to like it but it wasn't happening for me so perhaps it's about preparing it differently as i say um maybe sauteed in a pan with butter uh, when it's fresh as opposed to dried then you can kind of hide it in different bits and pieces it's definitely worth a try what do you think have you guys tried it do you, i don't think anybody of my age pretty much doesn't like it i don't think it's more of an older generation but maybe i'm generalizing a bit too much there it's certainly not expensive um maybe i, I and you need to give it another go uh, nutrition wise it is decent uh it has less iodine than kelp but has good levels of magnesium and calcium now magnesium is an interesting one it's a minimal mineral we are often super deficient in it's depleted by stress and exercise you know we live in a world now where stress is kind of constant you know we never kind of turn off so uh, magnesium is the first mineral that your body just zaps whenever you're in that state so if you are expe- uh, experiencing some muscle cramps and pains and, and trouble sleeping a little bit of extra magnesium could be beneficial uh, a little bit more dulse in your dinner uh, may help you sleep that night now talking of seafood actually i bought some abalone soup recently have you heard of abalone because i have not until uh i watched 
Diners, Drive-Ins and Dies by Guy Fieri. Have you seen it? I don't know what it is, but I always have to say it in that animated fashion the way, the way he does. Diners, Drive-Ins and Dies. <laughs> I might have to edit that out. No, I'll keep it in. It's all me. Um, abalone is actually a sea snail and looks and sounds kind of scary. Um, but if you know me at all, you'll know I love to try new things. Um, so I got some soup. Uh, Mark and I tried it actually last night. But the, the abalone in it was actually really, really tiny. So because it was in amongst a whole lot of other stuff, you couldn't really taste it. But I took out a couple of little bits and it's pretty inoffensive. Um, it almost reminds me of a, a mushroom a little bit in that small form. Uh, so yeah, it's really nice. Um, apparently these ones that we got were fed on pure organic diet uh, of fresh seaweed from the wild Atlantic waters of Connemara. So it just sounds fresh and delightful, doesn't it? So it was an enjoyable dinner. Uh, but then I was sort of keen to find out what the nutrition of Albaloon was. Um, Albaloon. Find it difficult to say that as well. There was there were some great benefits actually. Um, great big dose of protein, twenty grams per hundred grams. Although to be honest, I felt like I ate about a gram last night, so I probably wouldn't uh, get too much of a dose from last night's portion. Um, it has a little bit of calcium and vitamin C, and a good dose of iron, uh, B six and B twelve, and also your lovely magnesium. So yeah. Um, I would like to try it again. I would love to see if I could get like whole forms of it and just have it as a full dish. But I've never seen it on the menu. Uh, I wonder why. Maybe I need to go to Connemara and get me some abalone. <laughs> so yeah, that is pretty much episode number eight in a nutshell. I hope you enjoyed what I've brought you today. A whole mixed bag. I, I, as always, if you've got any listener questions, send them along to Karen at goodcleanchow.com. And if you would like to support the show, you can go along to goodcleanchow.com forward slash support. And one more thing, please, 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 if you can, take two seconds to leave me a review on iTunes. That would be awesome because it helps me get noticed. Please, thank you all. Have a great day and I'll see you next time. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. So please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on any new diet or exercise regime.